Kohlberg, 1968, Stages of Moral Development Background. Lawrence Kohlberg was a psychology professor at the University of Chicago in the 1960s who was interested in how children develop a sense of morality as they grow older. Kohlberg proposed a theory whereby moral development is split into three distinct levels, which he called pre-conventional, conventional, and post-conventional. Each of these levels are further subdivided into two stages. The theory proposed that as people develop, they move through each of the stages in a fixed order, and they can only progress to the next stage after completing the prior one. Kohlberg wanted to investigate whether his theory of moral development was valid, and more specifically, whether the proposition that underpinned his theory, that people move through the distinct levels of moral development in a fixed order, was accurate. AIM Kohlberg aimed to investigate whether his theory of moral development could be supported by evidence gathered in a longitudinal study conducted over a number of years. Sample. The study consisted of a number of participants. The main group had 75 American boys, aged between 10 and 16 at the beginning of the study, 58 of whom, who were studied at three-year intervals for a period of 12 years until they were aged 22 to 28. A number of boys from other cultures were also studied, including Canada, Mexico, Taiwan, Turkey, and the UK. Methodology Kohlberg's study was a longitudinal study, carried out over 12 years, involving the same group of boys. Therefore, it used a repeated measures design. The data collected was qualitative, in the form of participants responding to Kohlberg's hypothetical moral dilemmas. Research was also undertaken by Kohlberg on moral development in other countries, using the same moral dilemmas, to investigate any similarities or differences between cultures. Procedure Kohlberg used a storytelling technique to present each participant with hypothetical moral dilemmas in the form of a number of short stories. Each participant was given a two-hour interview, which encompassed ten separate moral dilemmas. One example of these short stories were as follows. A man named Heinz, who lived somewhere in Europe, had a wife who was dying from a specific type of cancer. The doctor said that a newly discovered drug might save her, and that it had been discovered by a local chemist. When Heinz tried to buy some, he discovered that the chemist was charging ten times more the amount of money it cost to produce the drug, which was a lot more than Heinz could afford to pay. After raising some money with the help of his family and friends, Heinz still only managed to reach half the amount of money that the chemist was charging for the drug. He pleaded with the chemist that his wife was dying of cancer, and asked if he could have the drug cheaper, or pay part of the cost now, and repay the rest later. The chemist refused, saying that he was entitled to make money from the drug, since he had discovered it. Heinz was desperate to have the drug, so he could save his wife, so he broke into the chemist later that night, and stole the drug. After telling the story, Kohlberg asked the participants a number of questions, including, Should Heinz have stolen the drug? Would it change anything if Heinz did not love his wife? What if the person dying was a stranger, would it make any difference? Should the police arrest the chemist for murder if the woman died? The participants' answers to these questions enabled Kohlberg to analyse how their moral reasoning changed and developed over time. In particular, he was interested in the participants' justification for deciding whether the protagonist's actions were right or wrong in each dilemma. A number of moral aspects were measured regarding the participants' perceived value of human life, in relation to social class, empathy, community welfare, and other factors. For example, one of Kohlberg's questions asked, Should a doctor mercy kill a fatally ill woman who is requesting death because of her pain? And another question asked, Is it better to save the life of one important person or a lot of unimportant people? Based on the participants' responses, Kohlberg deduced which level of moral reasoning they had reached. 
The first level, pre-conventional, usually lasts until the age of nine. Moral decisions are based on the rule and standards of adults in a child's life, and the consequences of either following or breaking their rules. Pre-conventional is further subdivided into two stages. At stage one, children obey the rules in order to avoid punishment. At stage two, children realise that there is not just one correct viewpoint, and that if they conform to a certain type of behaviour, they can obtain rewards and earn favours. The second level, conventional, is where people develop an acceptance of social rules regarding right or wrong. Authority is internalised but not questioned, and moral reasoning is based on the social group to which the individual belongs. Most teenagers and adults reach this level. Conventional is subdivided into stages 3 and 4. At stage 3, people strive to develop good interpersonal relationships in order to be seen as good, in an example to others, and an example to others in the context of their social group. At stage 4, a person's morality is based on an awareness of maintaining the rule of law and social order, and their judgments are oriented towards obeying rules in order to avoid guilt. Post-conventional, the third and final level, involves understanding universal, ethical principles that are innate to individuals and not dependent on any third party, such as authority. An individual's morality at this level is based on their own self-chosen principles, and is based on individual rights and justice. Only around 10-15% to 15 of people reach this third level. As with the first two levels, post-conventional is subdivided into two stages. Stage 5 involves understanding that there is a social contract between society and individuals, and that while rules and laws exist for the good of the majority of people, there are times when they might be detrimental to individuals, such as in the story of Heinz and his dying wife. Stage 6 involves people developing their own moral principles, which may not fit with society's laws. A person's principles at this stage are based on universal, individual sovereignty, which they regard as applying to everyone, and they will be prepared to defend them even if it means going against society and risking disapproval or imprisonment. People who reach this stage are said to be self-governing in relation to their moral principles. Results There were a number of key findings from Kohlberg's study. The results showed that in around 50% of each of the six moral stages, the participants' reasoning was at a single stage, regardless of which short story they were responding to. The participants showed a clear trend of progressing through each of the stages as they got older, however not all participants reached stage 6. Kohlberg noted that the results showed participants always progressed through the stages one at a time, and always in the same linear sequence, as described in his theory. Moreover, children who were at an earlier moral stage tended to move forward to the next stage when confronted with the views of a child who was at one stage further along. Kohlberg's cross-cultural analysis of the findings from other countries revealed that at the age of 16, stage 5 thinking was much more prevalent for participants in the US compared to Mexico or Taiwan. Results from participants who were studied in two remote villages in Turkey and Mexico showed that moral thought increased steadily throughout ages 10 to 16. However, Kohlberg noted that they had not achieved clear ascendancy over pre-conventional Overall, it was found that participants from a middle-class background were more advanced, according to Kohlberg's analysis, compared to those from a more working-class or urban background, and both of these groups were more advanced in moral judgement than participants from small, rural villages. In addition, no significant differences in moral judgement were found between religious groups, which included Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Buddhists, Muslims or Atheists. Conclusions 
Kohlberg's main conclusion was that the results show there is invariably a developmental sequence in a person's moral development, which is always progressed through in the same order. However, not all individuals progress through every single stage, and some may stop at any stage or age. Kohlberg suggested that the results show that the stage pattern theory he devised is valid, and that it applies universally, regardless of socio-cultural factors such as a person's country of origin. Middle-class children tend to progress through the stages quicker, and progress further than working-class children. However, religious traits do not appear to have any significant effect. Evaluations One of the main problems with Kohlberg's study is that the dilemmas are not real situations, and therefore lack ecological validity. It's also possible to argue that some of the stories were not age-appropriate for the participants. For example, the children who were asked about the Heinz dilemma probably would not have been able to relate to the situation, since they had never been married and therefore would not have to deal with any similar dilemma in real life. This potentially reduces the study's usefulness and validity. The sample used in the study was also not representative, since it consisted of only male participants and therefore focused only on investigating the development of morality in men and boys. Moreover, the research design of the study mostly focused on collecting qualitative data about how the participants would respond to moral dilemmas, which was highly subjective and mostly analysed by only Kohlberg himself. There was a limited inter-rater reliability. However, a positive aspect of the methodology used was that it was cross-sectional, conducting the same research with participants from multiple countries, which meant that the study was not ethnocentric. A further strength of the research is that the study was longitudinal, which meant that Kohlberg could measure change and development in the participants' reasoning over time. The study also arguably had a high level of replicability, since Kohlberg clearly outlined the stages of moral development that he was measuring, and the indicators that characterised each stage. This therefore makes it easier for future researchers to conduct a study using the same criteria.